This episode of Coaching Uncovered podcast was recorded when I was still in Canada in the early summer 2020. It's with my colleague Kat and I talked to her about her journey from corporate to creativity coach and how that helps people who she works with to loosen up and discover new things about themselves. And then the main body of the podcast is talking about the coaching decision tree that went from a little sketch to something a little bit bigger. In this episode, you have the ability to download the tree that we're discussing. You might want to do that before we get to it so you know what we're referencing as we're talking about it. And I'll remind you at the end where you can go for that. There's a link on my website and it's in the show notes. I loved talking to Kat and what was really nice is... Actually, I felt really calm as well talking to her. You'll notice how clear she is in what play and what creativity does for people and in also how logical her brain is in how she helped me to bring the coaching decision tree more to life. And you'll be hearing more about the decision tree as time goes on because it's very much a live and iterative thing, more than a thing. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts as well. I hope you enjoy the episode. This is the Coaching Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Emily Hodge, where I cover or uncover some of the biggest coaching industry questions that many of us are asking so that we can get underneath what makes coaching work and where it might even go wrong for individuals and as an industry to help its reputation and worth grow well into the 22nd century to have even more impact. I hope you enjoy the series. Hi Kat and welcome to the Coaching Uncovered podcast. Thank you very much, thanks for having me. I am delighted you're here today. So we are here to talk about a couple of main things and one of those is this amazing diagram that you have produced for me to be able to share with the world that we are going to talk about the story of. And before we do that though, I want to ask you about what you do and the type of coaching training facilitation that you do and what spurred you on to go down the route that you are so please do share with us what you say you do and who you help and how you do it okay so I am a creativity coach and I help coaches trainers and facilitators to design learning so whether that's courses workshops one-to-one sessions that is more creative so it will have fun, play, engagement, interaction, kind of to do things differently and help people learn in different ways. How did I get into that? I think you said as well, Um, through a really random career. But ultimately, I used to do organisational development, which involved learning and development. And actually what I found was my sweet spot was designing workshops that are actually fun and people enjoy doing them rather than sit in a room and be talked at so I turned my hand to that and now do it alongside other people so helping people design for themselves or providing things that they can then use I love that sitting in a workshop (laughs) (laughs) feeling what was the motivation around it what what's this uh what's the concept around being different to other training and learning well one it uses my strengths and things that I didn't used to be able to use in previous jobs. But also, I think learning should be fun. And if you think about when you're a child, you're learning all the time. 
whether you're cycling down the street, whether you're climbing a tree, whether you're watching someone bake, like you're always learning and it's fun as a child. And I think we should do more of that as adults. And whilst we might still have to be in a classroom or on a Zoom call to do training, like it can still be fun. And I wanted to bring that to as many people as possible. And you talk a lot about the importance of play. That's why I love your brand as well. Could you share with us what it is about play that is so helpful to learning? Yeah, so I think play removes expectation. I think it builds in curiosity and exploration and an open mind. So it stops that closed thinking of, well, I know this is the route it's going to go down. I've been here before blah, 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 I'm bored, and makes people think, oh, what's this about? What might I learn here? What might pop in to like people's brains if they just allow that open mind and curiosity of a child of like, let's see what happens rather than feel like it has to happen like this. Can you give us an example of where that's worked really well? I imagine you work in environments where play isn't always encouraged and so it must be quite transformational I think it's about changing people's approaches and ways to seeing things and actually moving from like I said before I I know how it's going to happen and building in a bit of unexpected play even if they don't realize they're playing it creates aha moments that you wouldn't get otherwise so it's almost like subliminal play I don't say come along to this workshop, you're just going to spend the day playing because I think people's minds would shut down. Some people's minds would shut down, I should say. But actually building that in, you can see the energy rise in a room as soon as you start playing in a different way. And it just makes different connections, both between the people, but also like in their brains as well. How have you found play being implemented during COVID, given that everything has to be online? I think there's been, it's a tough shift to go from face-to-face to virtual, but actually there's some real advantages too. In some ways, there's things you can do in online sessions that you wouldn't be able to do face-to-face. And people are wanting to add more fun and play and interactivity to online sessions to prove it can be done. Because there's been, I think, a massive resistance to online training in the past because people don't realise the benefits of it. And actually, it's not just sitting and being talked at through a webinar. There is a way you can interact and have conversations and share things on the screen. So actually, I think people are being maybe even more playful because they're suddenly able to be. They've been let loose behind a screen. Yeah, And people want to prove to their clients that actually this is a legitimate way of training both now and in the future. I love that. So you can have blended learning in person and online. Like both have their advantages and we need to recognise that as you can do both rather than everything has to be done one way. So I'd love to ask you now about this coaching decision tree and it's a nice segue because it was a really playful way to be able to think about something that felt very complicated (laughs) to give the audience a bit of background uh, about three or four years ago I developed a very scrappy illustration 
which was a bit of a joke around when in someone's life you might need a coach. And I wrote a timeline and all the situations that might occur for you and why you might need a coach. That went a little bit viral. <laughs> and when I met Kat, which was now about a year and a half ago, one of the very first things we talked about ended up being this illustration because Kat had said she'd done some visual work around, you know, making people's ideas more visual around this play concept. So I knew that I had to get Kat <laughs> to help me make this into something so it wasn't just a scrappy illustration. So Kat, can you tell, tell us about the coaching decision tree from your perspective and where it started to where it is now? Sure. So I think at the very start, like you say, it was here's a timeline. How do we turn that into something a bit more visual that people could use and get benefit from and then it's almost like every time we spoke it both got more complicated and more simple and we recognized that there was actually a bigger value in it than just an illustration but with that came huge challenges I would say in terms of like the what what else is it if it's not the illustration what what is it and I think we ended up with a, a conversation about like, actually, there are so many coaches out there. And whilst there are definitely stages of your life where you'll need different things, sometimes you might have skipped something and need to go back to it, or you might not realize you need something because you don't know what it is. So we kind of went off to explore that a bit. And it grew and grew and grew, I would say, into what is now the coaching decision tree. And what started off as something that was very creative and illustration based, I would say our creativity moved from the visual side to the thinking creatively side. And how do we make that useful for people to help them? So now it's more like we, we added a lot of logic into it to make it helpful. So for anyone listening, this <laughs> is going to be available um, through the show notes and you'll be able to see and download the coaching decision tree so I would recommend if you're listening now to actually go and download it so that you now know what we're referring to you'll see it's three pages and that was hard enough to get it three. <laughs> and that was such it was such a fun process as well because um I put together a focus group as well of other coaches some trainers to see what they were thinking about the idea that we were moving towards, which was essentially to help two groups of people. And it doesn't actually have to be defined right now, but the two groups ended up being someone looking for a coach and why they might use someone. And that someone is more than likely going to be a business owner. And we realized in that process that coaches could also use this diagram to help them see what their clients might be looking for and where they might see their type of coaching in a client's decision process. So do you want to talk, Kat, about some of the sticking points that we had in particular? Because it's useful, I think, to share them from the offset because this isn't ever going to be a finished diagram. Yeah, I think probably one of the biggest challenges was there is a coach for everything and it's a huge industry at the moment. So trying to decide which bit is important for us to focus on 
and therefore what coaches fit under that. Then kind of the second level of challenge to that is everyone can make up their own title. There isn't a predefined coaching list. So as a creativity coach, I am probably doing something very different to what another creativity coach might do. So trying to find a way to define a high level of what that kind of coach would do, but with enough detail that helps people find themselves going through the decisions to the right place. And then probably the third level of kind of difficulty was how do we form the right questions to guide people to help them make the decisions? And we landed on, do you need help with, didn't we? That had a few iterations, but do you need help with? Yeah. And I think that's one of the things we were talking about is you might actually need help with lots of things right now, but which is the one path you need to follow first? And it wasn't like, do you want help with this? Because kind of, I want help with everything. But what do I need help with right now? That's such a subtle difference, but huge, right? The implication yeah. of what you're asking. I think for me, uh, the one thing, when we ended up doing it on the diagram, it became apparent, didn't it, that it looked like we might be prioritising certain types of coaching. Mm-hmm. And... I've always felt when we were developing this that this is going to be open for huge criticism and joy, hopefully, because there will be people on the list who say, well, I'm this coach, but I don't, people don't come to me for, for that question that you've asked or through that decision tree or through that you know line. And uh, that's why I say it's never really going to be finished. And I think it's always going to have iterations that move things around. But where we've got, for example, the, the main questions, you know, we've got talking about whether or not you go, you're in a foundation stage of your business through to growth. Um, and then in foundations, we very much ended up, you know, you can see visually, you've got branding coach, marketing coach, website coach, sales coach. We're not saying that a branding coach is more important than a sales coach or a marketing coach should come before a website coach. It happens to be that those are the way we've asked the questions, but I think the difficulty will always be that around prioritising what kind of coach you are um, and what people are looking for most. Do you want to talk about the the business and mindset one that we struggled with? In terms of where do we put them? Yeah, because they're kind of overarching. They might cover lots of different areas. So... Yeah, we struggle to know where where to put them and how to describe them as what do they help with, I guess. And I think probably where we ended up was a business coach is for someone who's not clear on what they need next and might need more help in kind of figuring that out at a business level. And the mindset is very much about helping people to change their mindsets to approach the rest of it differently and that they could probably both mindset and business coach could probably help with many of the other things in the diagram. And it just depends on the type of person who's looking. Like if they know specifically, I absolutely need help with my website, then that's probably where you're going to end up. But if it's a bit more of a, I need some help with some stuff. I know it's in this area, or I don't know where it is at all. Then maybe that's where you end up with a business or a mindset coach. And I think where the confusion lies as well, isn't it? Oh, I need help with my website but I realise I don't know what to write. Ah, so therefore I need either help with copywriting or I need help with understanding who my client is or or understanding what my actual business is. And mm. then, oh, actually what I need help with is really understanding my huge why behind my business. It's not my website. 
So then yeah. you're having this conversation with yourself, like, do I need you or do I need someone else? I'm stuck on my website because actually I'm not really clear on what I'm doing yet. Or I'm uh, really blocked and I can't get over the fact that if I write stuff on my website, people are going to judge me. So I actually really mm-hmm. need help with something about my mindset. Yeah. What this did make very clear for me in this process was obviously the need to niche because where we had the issue around business and mindset was because when people say I'm a business coach, you're just, if you don't know what part of the business you're helping someone with, or you don't, you can't articulate as a coach, I'm a business coach, but my specialty is, or I work with very small to medium sized businesses who've been in business for one year, you know, you can even go more specific there. If you can say that, your client's going to find you much easier than if you just say you're a general business coach or a general mindset coach. Mm-hmm. It's all about helping guide that person to you, isn't it? Rather than leaving it so open that it could be anybody. Um, I also want to refer to the fact that we almost, well, I am say we, you almost forgot to put yourself on there. We didn't put creativity coach for a while. Did we? <laughs> yeah, true. And I think that's partly because like, I didn't want to force my coaching onto your diagram. <laughs> needed to be invited to be part of it I love it well well we did hold a focus group didn't we and the Mm -hmm. members of that were really really helpful I mean what it showed for me is the difference of opinions and thoughts about coaching because Mm -hmm. the reason I started this podcast was to talk about just so much in the coaching world that we don't really understand or haven't got clarity on Um, and one thing that came up that I'm very aware of is the need for us to share coaching as an ethical and you know morally right-based business and one of the big things that came out of the discussion was are we talking about referring people to qualified coaches or not um, does this diagram you know do that does it recommend coaches and who does it recommend if it does and the answer to that is no it's not there as a purpose isn't to recommend a specific coach its purpose is to be that conduit between the person thinking I really am struggling with this thing you know maybe the first time they've realized it or it's over and over again and then discovering who they could go and find it doesn't then recommend the people yeah I think it takes people from going to google and writing in coach to being able to go to google and write in money coach and be a lot more specific with what they're looking for and why Kat, what do you think the implications of the diagram are? What what could happen with it? The good side of it, I think it could help a lot of people who are thinking, I need a coach, but I don't even know where to start. How do what what help do I need? Who do I ask? Because I think there's probably lots of people who recognize they need some help, but they don't quite know what in or how to find the right person. So I think there's that. I think, like you mentioned earlier, actually, for some coaches who may not specialise, who want to, it might help them identify where they want to be. Or maybe they like naturally attract clients in a particular area and they can use that kind of messaging to help attract more. I think I think there is a we know not every coach is captured on here. We know that we focused on the business side of things. So I think it'd be really interesting to see what other coaches pop up as part of kind of launching this and people recognising that they're not represented yet. Totally. And and even in discussion, you know, even in the focus group, it was very clear. Why haven't you got 
why isn't there like a life side you know we talked a lot about yeah. actually i'm just trying to remember whether we did include it now so we've got intuitive coach and law of attraction coach yeah. in um growth and really along that line you could start going much more down life couldn't you the life coaching side which mm -hmm. we haven't really delved into and i think that each where you've got say pr coach or book coach even within that somebody could draw their whole specialist one for that industry and i think the other thing that we talked about with the focus group and we talked about afterwards was the different types of coaching so actually some coaching is more mindset coaching even if it's under a particular topic and some of it is coaching to show people how to do it themselves and that's probably another consideration people need to have when looking for a coach do they want someone to help them think through how to do it or do they want someone to show them how to do it and we've got notes for the diagram haven't we and it, it, the thing is I know yeah. full well that when people look at this it will be more interesting to go straight to the diagram than read <laughs> a four-page document about what it says so it's almost this is such an iterative process isn't it and I've asked you to think about what you would see or have in the 2021 version so what would you love to see in that one Kat <laughs> she says no don't make me I think it'd be really interesting to see what the feedback is to add in maybe some of the ones that we missed off I think there's also new ones that will probably come into existence over the next year that don't exist yet. And if we really wanted to, we could start looking at life. <laughs> it's the kind of the reason we had to start with business was we couldn't do it all, but there is more we can do. And I think it will become apparent over the next year as people use it and feedback what the next step is. Yeah, I love it. It's never really finished, is it? I think a tree just keeps growing. So let's let it grow. Thank you, Kat. Is there anything else you'd like to share about the decision tree or otherwise? I just encourage people to take a look, read the guidance that goes with it, because actually some of that is really helpful in thinking through why you want to coach and what kind of things you need to consider as well as which coach do I need? Where can people find you, Kat? And what are you launching next? The main place you can find me is LinkedIn. Um, I am the only cat taste on there, so I'm easy to find. Or you can find me on my website, imagineif.ltd. I am currently launching lots of new products to the Toy Box, which is basically a resource bank of playful, creative activities you can use in your own workshops. So I'm adding products to that every week in order to grow that to be like a great resource for people to go to and look at. Um, otherwise contact me to design something specifically with and for you thank you Kat really nice to talk to you today and I will see you soon excellent bye so there you have it the coaching decision tree is released I have already sent it to my email list and received some brilliant feedback and thoughts on how to use it so if you are still waiting to see what it is check out the show notes for the link you can sign up to receive it on your email right now and I really look forward to hearing what you think about it and how you think it can also develop and help the coaching industry so much more in many many ways have a great day